Chapter 17, The Creative Home, Social Group, and School, The Present Waste of Idealistic Will. Human society began with the family. The natural history of gregariousness is a history of the establishment of mutual toleration among human animals, so that a litter or a herd keeps together instead of breaking up. It is in the family group that the restraints, disciplines, and self-sacrifices which make human society possible were worked out and our fundamental prejudices established, and it is in the family group, enlarged perhaps in many respects, and more and more responsive to collective social influences that our social life must be relearned generation after generation. Now in each generation, the open conspiracy, until it can develop its own reproductive methods, must remain a minority movement of intelligent converts. A unified progressive world community demands its own type of home and training. It needs to have its fundamental concepts firmly established in as many minds as possible and to guard its children from the infection of the old racial and national hatreds and jealousies, old superstitions and bad mental habits, and base interpretations of life. From its outset, the open conspiracy will be setting itself to influence the existing educational machinery, but for a long time it will find itself confronted in school and college by powerful religious and political authorities determined to set back the children at the point or even behind the point from which their parents made their escape. At best, the liberalism of the state-controlled schools will be a compromise. Originally, schools and colleges were transmitted transmitters of tradition and conservative forces. So they remain, in essence, to this day. Organized teaching has, has always aimed and will always tend to guide, train, and direct the mind. The problem of reconstructing education so as to make it a releasing instead of a binding process has still to be solved. During the early phases of its struggle, therefore, the open conspiracy will be obliged to adopt a certain sectarianism of domestic and social life in the interest of its children, to experiment in novel educational methods and educational atmospheres, and it may even in many cases have to consider the grouping of its families and the establishment of its own schools. In many modern communities, the English-speaking states, for example, there is still liberty to establish educational companies running schools of a special type. In every country where that right does not exist, it has to be fought for. 
there lies a great work for various groups of the open conspiracy. Successful schools would become laboratories of educational methods and patterns for new state schools, necessarily for a time, but we may hope unconsciously the open conspiracy children will become a social elite. From their first conscious moments, they will begin to think and talk among clear-headed people, speaking distinctly and behaving frankly, and it will be a waste and loss to put them back for the scholastic stage among their mentally indistinct and morally muddled contemporaries. A phase when there will be a special educational system for the open conspiracy seems, therefore, to be indicated. Its children will learn to speak, draw, think, compute lucidly and subtly, and into their vigorous minds they will take the broad concepts of history, biology, and mechanical process, progress. The basis of the new world naturally and easily. Meanwhile, those who grow up outside the advancing educational frontier of the open conspiracy will never come under the full influence of its ideas, or they will get hold of them only after a severe struggle against a mass of misrepresentations and elaborately instilled prejudices. An adolescent and adult educational campaign to undo the fixations and suggestions of the normal conservative and reactionary schools and colleges is and will long remain an important part of the work of the open conspiracy. Always, as long as I can remember, there have been a dispute and invidious comparisons between the old and the young. The young find the old prey upon and restrain them, and the old find the young shallow, disappointing, and aimless in vivid contrast to their revised memories of their own early days. The present time is one in which these perennial accusations flower with exceptional vigor. But there does seem to be some truth in the statement that the facilities to live frivolously are greater now than they have ever been for old and young alike. For example, in the great modern communities that emerge now from Christendom, there is a widespread disposition to regard Sunday as merely a holiday. But that was certainly not the original intention of Sunday. As we have noted already in an earlier chapter, it was a day dedicated to the greater issues of life. Now great multitudes of people do not even pretend to set aside any time at all to the greater issues of life. The greater issues are neglected altogether. The churches are neglected and nothing of a unifying or exalting sort takes their place. 
what the contemporary senior tells his junior today is perfectly correct. In his own youth, no serious impulse of his went to waste. He was not distracted by a thousand gay but petty temptations, and the local religious powers, whatever they happened to be, seemed to believe in themselves more and made a more comprehensive attack upon his conscience and imagination. Now the old faiths are damaged and discredited, and the new and greater one, which is the open conspiracy, takes shape only gradually. A decade or so ago, socialism preached its confident hopes, and patriotism and imperial pride shared its attraction for the ever-grave and passionate will of emergent youth. Now socialism and democracy are under revision, and the flags that once waved so bravely reek of poison gas, are stiff with blood and mud, and shameful with exposed dishonesties. Youth is what youth has always been, eager for fine interpretations of life, capable of splendid resolves. It has no natural disposition towards the shallow and confused life. Its demand, as ever, is, what am I to do with myself? But it comes up out of its childhood today into a world of ruthless exposures and cynical pretensions. We are all a little ashamed of earnestness. The past ten years have seen the shy and powerful idealism of youth at a loss, and dismayed and ashamed as perhaps it has never been before. It is in the world still, but masked, hiding, even from itself, in a whirl of small excitements and futile, defiant depravities. The old flags and faiths have lost their magic for the intelligence of the young. They can command it no more. It is in the mighty revolution to which the open conspiracy directs itself that the youth of mankind must find its soul if ever it is to find its soul again. End of chapter 17